let us remain standing now for a moment while we have prayer. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we are happy this morning to be back in the house of God in another service. We pray, God, that you will correct us this morning of all of our errors. Show us the paths that you have ordained that we should walk. Give us of thy grace and love that we might follow those paths and instructions with all of our hearts. That we might be found that day in Christ, blameless. For we believe, Lord, that his appearing is soon. We see all the signs that he said would take place just ere his coming now being fulfilled. And with joy we look for that moment. As Abraham of old looked for the promised son and seen those last signs of God come down on the earth, then he knew that it wouldn't be long until the son would arrive. And now we see it repeat again. Jesus told us that when these things begin to come to pass to lift up our heads that our, our redemption was drawing nigh. Perplexity of time, distress between nations, earthquakes in divers places, the sea roaring, man's heart failing for fear. We realize that we're in that hour when the nations don't know what to do. Another war coming up looks like. Uh, what a horrible thing that would be. The earth pulling apart. Scientists saying that something terrible is near. We see the Bible speaking of this. Then, Lord, help us today to stand in this house of correction and take orders from our God to go forward in this hour of darkness to shine light. Or it may be our last opportunity to do so. For we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Be seated. <clears throat> I certainly deem this a grand privilege to be here in the tabernacle this morning. And sorry that we don't have seating room uh, around for you. And the place is... Uh, packed out and standing everywhere outside. And you people outside now, you can hear this on your radio. I uh, forget. 55 to 57. 55 to 57. You people outside and out in the parking lots and on the streets can hear this on your radio between 55 and 57 on your radio dial. So we tried. I was coming back rather to here to try to have about a 10-day meeting to speak on the subject of the seven last vials. For in between those vials is the trumpets. And I was telling you in the, when I was going to preach on the seven trumpets that I would bring them in with the vials and the plagues. And I thought it'd be a good time. I just returned from Africa and, and the children hadn't had their vacation. My little boy, Joseph, had, had kindly uh, went a little... Uh, need a little few weeks of study on his reading. He passed all right, but he wasn't up to par. So we kept him in Tucson and so while I was in Africa and went on his reading and catch up on it for some day school. And then we'd come back and I thought while the kidneys were having their vacation, I'd 
have a little um, meeting here with the people and preach these subjects. But uh, when we got here, we found that we could not get the school auditorium. And uh, I knew the tabernacle wasn't sufficient to seat the people and make them comfortable the way they should be when, they, uh, when I had this message. Therefore, we had to, to make a different arrangement. And instead of having the, the ten nights that we were planning on having, well, I made it um, uh, just uh, two services a Sunday, this Sunday, next Sunday, and the following Sunday. Two services, so that, and we never advertised it. And then if anyone who heard some way that the meetings was going to begin on the 28th at the school auditorium, if God permitted... Well, if you have any friends and got any reservations in the motels, I'd, I'd cancel it, see, because it, uh, they, we can't get the convenience to have it. They can't get the school auditoriums. And now, I want to speak on just evangelistic services on Sunday morning, and Sunday night I want to have prayer for the sick. And we are trusting that God will meet with you people who are sick, I don't know how Billy is going to take care of you, I suppose, give out prayer cards or how there are ways to control the congregation, but we will do all we can to pray for every person these next three weeks that we intend to have services if it be the will of the Lord. And then uh, many times there's personal interviews. Somebody wants to see a minute on something or something like that, and we're going to... How many here wants a personal interview? Let's see your hand. Wow, who doesn't? So then we're, it's kind of going to be hard to get them. So write out your request and send them, to, uh, put them in with Billy. Now I can get them from there. And now he'll announce about, I guess, prayer cards whenever they're to be given out. How many of our ministering brethren is here this morning? We haven't had a chance to, I don't guess, to have you recognized any of them. How many ministers are here this morning? Would you just raise your hands or stand up? Let's see how many ministers are in the congregation this morning. Well, fine. Thank the Lord for these men. Wish we had time to recognize every one of them, but I'm sure you see them, and we, God knows them in their service, and we pray that God will bless them richly. As no doubt many of them close their services to be here. Brother Junior Jackson and I guess Brother Don Ruddle. And there, this broadcast is coming into their churches. And then also up in New York and other places across the nation, this is by a private telephone into each church uh, this morning. I'm glad to see Brother Richard Blair sitting here. just read a letter of a great thing that God did among the people there. The other day, as I understand, I may be wrong, Brother Blair, if I am, correct me. Uh... He was working, helping a man wire a trailer or something, I believe it was. I read the letter, and they reversed something, and however it run the current into a water where a little boy was, one of the, uh, the man that the trailer belonged to, his little boy, just a little lad, and it killed the little boy. And uh, his stomach swollen, we know, electrical shock, that's when they die, that's what happens. That little eye set, his teeth went together. It alarmed the brethren so bad. Brother Blair said he thought he could get a hold of me somewhere to pray for it, but remembered that it was that 
wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst, and the father skinned his fingers, trying to get his fingers in the little boy's mouth to break it open. And they knelt down and started praying over the little boy, and he come back to life again. And he, was that true, Brother Blair? One of our loyal brothers here? Oh, the little boy's here. Well, thank the Lord. That's fine. We'd like for you to stand up, Sonny boy. Now, we thank the dear Lord for this. That's the father of the little boy? Are you the father? That's right. And here's Brother Richard Blair. Our God is able to do anything. Yes, sir. He promised it. We are living in the divine presence of the great, glorious, heavenly Father. And all things that we are possible if we can just believe it. You see what that does? What it paid off for that man's life to believe that? Saved his little boy. Now, God had his loyal servants there, to Brother Blair and them, to pray for the little boy when he's in that condition. Yes, when anything happens, remember, you are children of the living God. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. And again, it's written, he's a very present help in time of trouble. Amen. And if there ever was trouble, was that little boy laying there dead on the ground from a shock of electricity it went through him. So we're thanking God this morning with all of our hearts for these, for these things that he has done for us. God bless these faithful men, too. In a time of emergency, that's the time to look to God and look to Him and be on friendship with Him before the emergency arrives. We know this. If we have favor with God, we can ask Him anything like you would any other friend. And He is a very present help in time of trouble. Amen. I just met on the street yesterday Brother John Martin's sister. I Someone had stopped me down the street, and someone went by and waved their hand. Coming back home, you know, always seeing people everywhere stopping and shaking hands and so forth. And this uh, lady, I remember, they called me recently where someone hit her in the back in a car, bursted her spine and all up and down. She used to be paralyzed the rest of her life. She's sitting in the meeting this morning, enjoying the presence of God. I was just talking with her in the room. I want to pray with her again. And she was, uh, she's here somewhere. I guess she couldn't get back in. But yeah, sure, she's sitting right here by us. That's right. Would you stand up just a minute, sister, that people might. Here's a lady the doctor said a few days ago would never walk a busted spine and everything from a wreck. And there she stands whole. You know, the Bible said, and they could say nothing against it because the man was standing in the midst of them. <laughs> That's right. Here's a little boy brought back from the dead, and here's a woman with a bursted spine standing in the midst of us. It's just been done. So he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How happy we should be to be living now in his presence and know that he's this very present help in time of trouble. Glad to see Brother Vale, Brother Martin, so many in this morning. And Lord bless you, brethren richly. Now, it's, uh, I know it's not too uh, cool in here with all this crowd, but yet when I left Tucson the other day, it was about 104 or 5, and almost midnight it was 93, and so this feels pretty good to me. And 
at Parker, they said, was 140 Friday before we left. And uh, you can imagine how hot that is. <laughs> of course, that's in the desert. And now, these next three Sundays, today, the 15th, I believe, is that right, or 16th, 15th, 18th, and the 28th, and uh, August the 1st. Is that right? August 25th. 18th, 25th, and 1st. There'll be services at Tabernacle. Uh, don't, you know, get a, a too much of it out because, you see, we can't get what's in, what's here now inside. You know, it just gets worse. Just come back if you can. And, and then I'm here to get the trustees together. I'm kind of getting put out of all this turning me down on place to hold a meeting when I'm feeling led to do it. So I think I'm going to ask them if we just can't get our tent and, and put it up and just stay there, and, you know, get out here in the ballpark or out on the farm and move it from place to place just as the Lord will lead. And I feel that that's what he's going to do. You know, there's a vision concerning that. And um, I think it may be the reason this happens now. You know, a lot of times we think it's horrible because certain things happen, but, you know, that might be God, see, driving into these things. When he said it, he'll do it. A few nights ago, many of you, just about a month before going over to Africa, many of you perhaps has the tape of uh, you people that get the tapes on choosing a bride. It was preached in California. The last few minutes of that tape, I don't remember of ever being there. But the Spirit of the Lord came in such a way I'd been condemning them the way they were living and doing. And after the gospel had been preached and declared before them so much, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke out and said, Capernaum, the city that calls yourself by the name of the angels, that's Los Angeles. Thou art exalted into heaven, but be brought down to hell. See? And then, after it was over, while I was outside, and Brother Mosley and Billy was with me, and they said, Went back, looked, and the whole floor was just laying full of people and ministers sobbing. And I went and got the scripture. I said, there's something about that in the Bible. And it was Jesus rebuking Capernaum, all those coastal cities that he had visited. Why, he said, Capernaum, thou art exalted into heaven, will be brought down into hell. He said, for if the works have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah that's been done in you, have been standing today. And at that time... Sodom and Gomorrah was in the bottom of the sea. And just after that, maybe a hundred years or something, after Jesus' prophecy, Capernaum, the only coastal city that he'd visit, an earthquake sunk it in the sea. And you know, that was a direct answer to California, to Los Angeles. And then in Tucson, the other day, just as I got back, a great earthquake had happened out there, and a scientist was on the television drawing it out. Is in the papers that the earth the other day split from the Luthian Islands or from Alaska around the Luthian Islands about 200 miles out into the sea, come back into San Diego, went around Los Angeles and come out of San Diego and it's pulled loose several inches. Houses is toppled down. Motels is went in. And the scientist on this panel was, was asked, said, well, that could fall in someday. He said, could? It will. And he used the scientific names of how the lava has 
That's what's caused these earthquakes all along around San Diego and down in there. It's been that hollow place. And now all of it's been beginning to break in like sand falling in. And now it's just a crust and it's pulled loose. Several inches. They could take radar and stuff and follow that crack. And Mark, I see where it was at. And it pulled loose several inches more, maybe two or three inches. The other day again, right after that prophecy was given. And the ones that was interviewing the scientists said, well, it probably won't be in our age. He said, it can be in five minutes or in five years, but it's going to fall in. Mrs. Simpson, I don't think she's with us today, or I see Brother Fred sitting here, but I don't know where Miss Simpson is. She went and got a prophecy that I made about 19 and 35 or something like that and said the time would come, it's written in a book somewhere, that the sea would weep its way into the desert. Look what will take place if that thousands of square miles falls down into the lava of the earth and slides in, there will be millions die at one time. And that will cause such a tidal wave. Remember, plumb up into the Salton Seas, 100 or 200 feet lower than the sea level. That water will probably come almost to Tucson with that tidal wave coming across there. And the sea shall weep its way into the desert. Nations are breaking. Israel's awakening. The signs that our prophets foretold. The Gentile days are numbered with horrors encumbered. Return, O dispersed to your own. We're in the end time. Now, the Lord bless you richly. I get started on that and forget about time. We're going to fade quick, pretty quickly into eternity anyhow. And now, in St. Mark, the seventh chapter and the seventh verse, to bring a text to this subject that was just read in First Chronicles 13. To make a text for this, I want Mark 7, 7. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of man. Now I know nothing but the message the Lord has given me. And that's all I can speak on. And now I'm going to speak on a subject this morning which I thought would be good. And tonight I want to speak on meat in due season, if the Lord willing. Spiritual food in due season. And how to receive it. Now, now, this morning, trying to do God a service without being the will of God. God is sovereign. And we see here what David done in the scripture reading of 1 Chronicles 13. And he was, his intentions were good. But God does not... Uh, Give us merits on good intentions. There's only one way to serve God. That's by doing His will at His command. And God being sovereign, there's no one to tell Him what to do or how to do it. He does it the way He knows the right way to do it. And that makes me feel good. 
And it ought to make all of us feel good, and I'm sure it does. For one would have it coming this way, and one have it going that way, and one the other way. But one great thing again about God, He's not left us now without knowing what's the truth and how to do it. He wouldn't be just to punish us for doing something that we didn't know how it was going to be done, and then let us stumble into something. He's not that kind of a God. He's a God that speaks the Word and expects His children to believe it. And therefore, He knows what's best and when to do it and how to do it. We have our ideas of it, but He knows. And then if He set up a system that what He is going to do and didn't tell us what was going to happen and how it was going to happen, then we stumbling at it would be would be justified in, in our stumblings or trying to do something. Each one would be justified, but there's only one way, and that is his word. And another thing, David here, we see that in his heart he wanted to do something that was good. He had no bad motive or no bad objective, but the house or the ark of the Lord was away from the, the people, and he wanted to bring the ark of God back to its place so the people would consult God about the things that they wanted. Instead of, of just letting it go, we, what if Brother Blair and the father of this little boy said, well, it's too bad, child just got hurt, killed, I guess just something had happened. But they went quickly to God. What the little lady and her husband, a minister of the gospel, a few nights ago or days when that little lady had that bursted spine that just stood up, the doctor said she'll be paralyzed all of her life. What if the husband, she had said, well, honey, we'll just uh, console ourselves to that. But quickly they'd done something about it. They went to God. How many things in the Bible could we refer to of how when people get in trouble, get to God? Well, then, in them days, they had only one meeting place where they could meet God, and that was at the ark, under the blood. That's the only meeting place yet, under the blood. The mercy seat was sprinkled to give mercy to the worshiper or the asker when he come to ask the petition of God. God had a special routine, the way you had to go to about that, and he wouldn't accept anything else. He wouldn't accept any other provision, just the way he fixed it. Recently, I just preached on a message, many of you know about it, that only one provided place that God meets the worshiper, the place that he said, I'll put my name, and we can find the church that he put his name in, then we got the place. He said, I will not bless you in all the gates, just the gates that I put my name in. I'll put it in one place, and you've got to meet me there, and that's the only place I'll meet you. And we found out through there where he put his name. And that's the only place that he meets the worshiper, and his name was Jesus Christ. God's name is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. Every son comes in his Father's name. 
And he came in the name of the Father, and there's not another name under heaven given among men. We're called Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Church of Christ, whatever it might be done. There's only one meeting place that God meets man, and that's when he's in Jesus Christ. Amen. Only place. And all these old things back here are the Old Testament type that. I want you to clearly understand it. Now, it's a Sunday school lesson. I've got some scriptures and notes written down here. Now, I thought that this would help you to understand, as all the old things happen for examples to us. Now, we find that God had a way of doing things, but David, just being blessed of God like he had to become king, he just thought that he would just do something for God anyhow. And he never went about it in the right way. We notice God reveals his word in his own predestinated season. Now, how could Martin Luther, a note about the message today, how could the Presbyterians, how could Martin, uh, the Catholic Church know Martin Luther's message? How could John Wesley uh, know Luther's message? How could Wesley uh, know the Pentecostal message? Or how could the Pentecostals know this message? See? He reveals it in his seasons because it is a seed. And as it grows and matures, he reveals himself like the heat of the sun to open up when it's tender and young, bring it out of the ground, the seed. Then give it its leaves in another stage of the sun. Hot sun will kill it if it's the ripening seed, a ripening time. So he regulates the sun and regulates nature to meet his word. He regulates the church, the predestinated, the bride, to meet the season that they are living in. Even nature itself tells us today as we see the nations breaking, the earth sinking in, the handwriting's on the wall. We see the church in the states it's in. We see the bride in the state she's in. And we know by nature that the church is getting ready to leave. What a glorious time. It's a time that all the prophets long to see this hour. Now, he reveals his word only in its season. Martin Luther read the same Bible we did. Wesley read the same Bible Martin Luther did. Pentecostals read the same Bible we read. Jesus read the same Bible that the Pharisees read. But they had trying to keep the corn in an early stage when it was ripening. They failed to see their hour. Now David has done the same thing here. God reveals this word in the season and to whom he chooses to reveal it to. God chooses who he reveals it to. He chose that before the foundation of the world. All of his doings were foreknown by him, hidden from man. He just reveals them as he will. It is his chosen season, his chosen person, and he never did choose a party or sect. It's a chosen 
person. How he does it. Who is it that will dare to correct him and say, Now, Lord, you made a mistake by putting this man in the ministry. This man doesn't believe like we believe. <laughs> Who's going to tell God he's wrong in it? <laughs> you would take somebody that's a little more of a delinquent than I am to tell him that. He knows what he's doing. He knows who to choose and who not to choose, what to do and when to do it. No matter how much we think that a certain person is qualified to do a certain job, God knows who's qualified for the time and the season, or the time and the right time to do it. And the real true Christian, the real true believer in God, waits upon the Lord for these things. Wait on your ministry. If you feel a call, be sure that it's God. Be sure that it's right. Be sure that it's timely of what you're saying. The Bible said, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. If they walk, they're not faint. Notice, David, king of Israel, just anointed. Samuel poured the oil upon him. And he was chosen of God to be king of Israel. And David got this revelation to bring the ark of the Lord up to the city of David. Now there's nothing wrong, but you see, David went at it wrong. Now it looks like if a man like that would get a revelation, a great man like God's chosen king, the greatest king that ever lived on earth outside of Christ, I guess was David, because Christ is the son of David. Now, the greatest man, freshly anointed, coming from the very presence of God, got a revelation to do something for God and wanted to do it for God, but the revelation was wrong. Now, that's a great thing. It'll deal with our subject, trying to do God a service without being called to do it. Notice, David got the revelation. And notice, it was not the prophet Nathaniel that got the revelation. It was David the king that got the revelation. Neither was Nathaniel consulted about it. He never asked Nathaniel, but did you see here in First Chronicles? He consulted captains of thousands and captains of hundreds. He never consulted Nathaniel. He consulted the people. And he consulted also the priests and the theologians of that day, the scribes and the theologians. David consulted first, said, If it this be of God, let us go down and bring the ark of the covenant of our God up into the city and let us consult God before we do things. 
but said in the days of Saul, they left off consulting God by the, the, the ark, Urim, Urim Thundum. They left off doing that. David said, now let's get back to God, all of us. Let's get back to the right thing. Let's go down and get the ark and bring it here. Bring the presence of God, in other words, into the city. Let's hold a revival. Let's bring the people back. But he got the revelation which seemed to be good, but it wasn't the will of God. Instead of asking the source that he should have asked, he consulted his captains because he'd just become king and he followed that line of thinking that his chief captains and his great man. Then he went into the church nominal and asked if they could have the revival. The priests, the scribes, the captains of thousands, the captains of hundreds, and he consulted them. Was this the will of the Lord? And they said it was. But you see, he failed to ask the main resource that God always deals through. He failed to get it. Now, his intention was good. His motive was good. His objective was good. To bring a revival in the city. Bring the people back to God. But he never consulted the way God told him to do it. See? Even all the people agreed in the priest and that the king was right. They needed the ark back in the city. Now, they needed the presence of God. They needed the revival. But God had not promised to reveal his word in its season to the peoples. He never promised to reveal it to the king in the season. God doesn't change a bit. He didn't promise to do that. No matter how sincere and what good motives and what good objectives and how people want those things and see the need of it, there is a will of God to be carried out in these things. That's what I want to drive down tight. For I want to make this so that you have to see it if, if the Spirit of God dwells in you. And that's the reason I'm lingering so long here, not taking you people's time on the telephone and on the hookup, but I, I want you to see it. If you run out of time, then get the tape. That there, no matter how much it's needed, how much everybody agrees that it's needed, how much that that is the truth, there's yet one thing to find out. Is that the will of God? Now, God never promised that he'd reveal his secrets to his kings. He'd reveal his secrets to his people. Something like the time of Micah, the son of Emlon. As we leave, not the text, but another time to re bring this in and make it true to you, real to you, so you won't miss it. There was in the days of Micah, he was a poor man, and he also come from a poor family. But Ahab, king of Israel, as a nation being 
under God. He had set aside a school and had brought up selected, hand-picked prophets and had 400 of them in a school. And they were a great man. They wasn't just false prophets. They were Hebrew prophets. Genuine man. And they consulted the Lord by these men. And they did prophesy. But you see, when the real showdown came, they were every one out of God's word and will. For Jehoshaphat came down from Jerusalem to meet uh, the king Ahab, and they put on their garments and set out in the, in the gateways and brought the prophets up before them. First Ahab said, we got a place up here at Ramoth Gilead that actually belongs to us. Now that's thus saith the Lord. Joshua divided for the people and give that to them, but the Philistines had taken it over. And said, Here our children need bread, and we ain't got enough land to raise the bread on, and our enemy, the Philistines, feed their children, the heathens, off of the very ground that Jehovah God gave us. That's very straight. And said, Here we, the people of God, sit here with our children needy, and our enemy feeds their children on the ground that God called us out of Egypt and give it to us. That would raise a theologian, wouldn't it? He said, Shall we go up and take our grounds that God gave to us? Jehoshaphat said, Yes. I'll help you. We are brothers. You're in Judah, and I'm in, I'm in uh, Jerusalem, or, or was it vice versa? I believe, no, that's right. I think it's Jehoshaphat. However, Jehoshaphat was a good man, a king, a righteous man who loved the Lord. Ahab was a lukewarm believer. So they brought them down. But Jehoshaphat said, listen, let us consult the Lord first. We ought to find out about this. See, if David would have done what Jehoshaphat did, he said, shouldn't we do this? And quickly, being an Israelite, Ahab said, certainly, I've got 400 Hebrews like we are, Hebrew prophets of our own organization. And I'll consult them. They are prophets. Now, you see, you, just, you say, that stumbles me, Brother Branham. A prophet, oh, yeah. There's one in the time of Jeremiah who said they'd only be down there two years. The Lord told Jeremiah, 70. Put a yoke around his neck, and the prophet broke it. Hanging. But you know what happened to him? Oh, yeah. You got to stay with the Word. So these prophets came up and prophesied. And said, Go on up, the Lord is with you. And one of them, I believe, forget his name now, the chief Zedekiah, I believe, said he put two iron horns and said, Thus saith the Lord, By this, 
Now that man was sincere. You'll push your enemy plumb back into their lands and take what belongs to God. It's given to you. I don't believe he was a hypocrite. I believe he was a good man. I believe all them prophets were. You say prophets? Yep. Remember, the very man that consented to kill Jesus Christ prophesied because it was his office. He was high priest that year. And being a, he had that office and held that office, the Spirit of God came to him. That didn't mean he was saved or anything about it. And he prophesied. Caiaphas. Because it was his office that did it. And these prophets, being prophets of office prophets, prophesied and the Spirit of God came on them. Man with gifts of the Spirit. I realize I'm talking to 99% Pentecostals. But man, many times, a man, God can deal with them, give them a gift, and the people are squeezing on those people. If they're not perfectly called and sent of God, you'll cause that man or woman to say something that isn't his will because the people constrains them to do it. I had to catch our own little pastor here on it. I got in the woods one morning about 3 o'clock in the morning. He said, Go tell Brother Neville. I come to you, didn't Brother Neville? Everybody, Brother Neville, prophesy over me. Tell me this or that. See? You have him saying things, then it wouldn't come to pass. They that wait to find out what the Lord wants to do. So these men looked upon it in a natural sense. It belongs to us. But you see, they didn't find the word and will of God. Then Micah come down, and he had a vision. He examined first, you notice? said, wait, give me tonight. Let me find out, and tomorrow maybe I can answer you. He wasn't right quick, thus saith the Lord, like in agree with the other prophets. He said, I'll only speak what God says. And the next day we find out God told him what would happen. And it was absolutely contrary to the others. The whole school, it was contrary. And even one of them walked up and smacked him in the face for it. But, see, he waited. Then when he did that, he compared his prophecy, his vision, with the written Word. And it was right with the Word. When somebody says they got a revelation to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that's contrary to the Word. Now the rest of them ever did. When they say that, oh, we're going to stand this, that, and the other, and so forth, that's contrary to the Word. When they say they don't believe the serpent, see, that's contrary to the Word. All these other things, that's contrary to the Word. It must be with the Word and at the season. Now, if David would have only done that, the ark was coming, but not at that time. There was no place for it. Notice. Now, when they went down to get the ark, all the dignitaries said, that's the thing to do, David. Glory to God, we need a revival. That is real Pentecost today. Baptist, Presbyterian. David, you're our king. Y'all, Captain so-and-so and Major so-and-so and General so-and-so will be at your meeting. While they say, that's just the thing to do, David. You got the whole country with you. That's what's the matter today. 
I don't want the country. I want God. If there's nobody else stands. David had all the captains. He had cooperation with the military forces. He had cooperation with all the denominations, with all the theologians, with all everybody agreeing with him. So did Ahab and others in the Scripture. But he didn't have God because he was out of the will of God. I hope we get this. Notice they done every religious thing they could. They probably put out advertisements and everything. Great revival. The ark is going to be brought back. We're going to have a revival. We're going to do this. Notice he sent singers. He sent people with harps, with trumpets. And they've done every religious thing that they know how to do. And still God was not in it. Somewhat see it repeating again, don't we? They took all the singers. They took the harp players, the trumpet blowers, the women, the man, whoever it was that sang. They took them all down there, and they went through every religious motion. I don't want to say this, but i got to say it. So is these denominations today, Pentecostal and all, is going to every religious motion of singing and shouting. Notice, David shouted with all his might. And he screamed and he jumped and he went to every religious motion that there could be. And still God was not in it. And his motive and his objective and everything was right. But he went the wrong way with it. See? He done all the religious movements, shouted, sang, had special singers, special shouters, everything else. They danced in the spirit. They done everything that was religious. It's something like our great crusades of our time. They want to win the world to Christ. There is no such a thing. Great landslide revivals. Great things happening. If they could only realize that day's past, she's doomed. But they're building crusades, organizations and everything. But their results is just about like it was in David's time. It didn't work. We go and have a revival, our great, some of our great evangelists today, they say they have 30,000 converts in six weeks' time. And a year from there, go back, they can't find 30. There's something wrong. What it is, it's just the same thing David done. Great dignitaries, great men, great preachers, great schools, great authority, but still... They're consulting an old denomination instead of looking in the face of God's Word and seeing when the season's on. You can't raise certain foods but just certain times of the year. Now let's see what happened. Although their religious emotion and stuff was great, their intentions was great, their crusade was great, 
Their singing was great. Their dancing was great. Their shouting was great. Their music was great. And they had the ark. What good's the ark without God? It's just a wooden box. A couple of tables of stone. That's like taking communion. Being baptized. What good does it do to be baptized if you're not first repented? What good does it take communion become a hypocrite if you don't live the life and believe the rest of God's Word? Take part of it, not the rest of it. It shows there's something wrong. Now when all this happens, let us now see what happens when God and His age and His time is not considered just the people's idea. Many people said to me, why don't you come over here and hold a meeting? Well, we call for you. Sign this, that, or the other. Wait! You might want it, but what does God say about it? Many people said to me, I've had invitation, I've had interviews, personal interviews and things, waiting for a year. Wait! How will I know what to say until God tells me what to say? See? Got to wait. That's the reason I said, write that out. Let me see what he says. See? Wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Is that right? Notice, they consulted only the priest of that day, the theologians, the denominations. And notice, by doing that, consulting the priest and consulting the congregation, consulting the people, they did it wrong. Notice, the ark was the Word. We know that's right, because the ark is Christ and Christ is the Word. The ark or the Word was not put in its first ordained, original ordained position. Oh, don't fail to get this church. Everything was perfect, and everything looked good, like a great revival was coming, but because they failed to consult the right person about it, they consulted the priest, consulted the dignitaries, consulted the theologians, consulted the singers, and got everything together with one accord and a great organization of the military and also the the, the forces of the nation, everything was in harmony for a great meeting, but they failed to consult God. So had Ahab, so had others. What a moment. Now, don't miss this. They failed to get it because they hadn't consulted. And by doing that, watch, by going to the priest... By going to the theologians and by going to the military forces and not even considering their God-sent messenger of the hour, Nathan, they did it wrong. They went and picked up the ark and put it upon a new cart. Put it up on a new cart or a new denomination is going to start up. And not upon the God-given, ordained way to pack it. It was supposed to be packed on the shoulders of the Levites. 
But you see, when you start wrong, you'll keep on going wrong. If a bullet is supposed to be directed to a target and you jerk the barrel one thousandths off here to begin with, at a hundred yards, you're four or five inches off. You start wrong. Oh, God, help us to know this thing has started wrong. This great crusades of the hour, the so-called. God is not consulted about it. Priest and religious man is consulted. Organizations is consulted. Well, will you have such and such? I believe if we could get everybody together. Don't get everybody together. Just get God's Word about it. Then we find that when they do that, what do they do? They continually to go right on with their same old religious program, which is out of the Word of God and the will of God. That thing died years ago. Some old dried up things of years ago. It had dried up in the days of Lord Jesus. They didn't know it. Instead, if you'd have known Moses, you'd have known me, for Moses said I was coming. That our fathers eat man in the wilderness said they were all dead. Blind, he called them Pharisees, religious leaders. Except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. But they didn't do it. They're so set in their ways. They had to have it their way. That's the way David did. He had it in his way, so he just said, you know what I'll do? We're moving. He had a revelation. We're moving now, so we'll do a new way. The days of miracles is past, so we'll just make us a new organization. We'll build a new cart. Sort of new thing has started. What a false prophecy. You've got to go back the way God said do it. They put it up on the shoulders of the Levites, and that was over the heart. The ark, the word, is not to be packed upon a new denomination, upon the theories of some man, but in the heart. The word of God is not to be handled by denominations. It's to be handled by the heart of a man where God can come in there and reveal himself. And if he reveals it according to the word, it's God. If it isn't, it's not. And then the word of that season. Sure. The Pharisee could say, Who told us that we can't do this and do that? Moses gave us these orders. But Moses also said, Satan said, Why, it is written. He'll give his name. And it's also written, said Jesus. The season, the time. If you don't know Moses, you have one accuse you, Moses. If you don't know Moses, you don't know me. He said, For Moses wrote of me. The Lord your God shall raise up a prophet among you of your brethren. Him shall they hear. If they'd known Moses, they'd have known him. How close, listen. Don't miss this now. See, first thing, when they consulted the priest, consulted the dignitaries, consulted the military, consulted all the congregation in the neighborhoods to get together for this great meeting to come, they failed to do it right. They didn't consult God, and by doing so, not going back and see what time it was. Oh, brother, what time are we living in? What's the age? What's the hour that we're in? It's not time for these things that they're talking about. That's past. 
Judgment is on hand now. You can see it breaking. You remember the rock up on the mountain? Judgment hour. You remember the revelation or the vision of the bride? Just keep her in step. Don't let her get out of step. Notice, upon the shoulders of the priest and David and all the priests that really ought to have known better. But what was it? The priests should have known better. The scribes, theologians, should have known better. Because the Word said not to do that. And today, when they want to say, Oh, Jesus Christ isn't the same yesterday ever. That's mental telepathy. That's this, that, or the other. They failed to see the promised Word. Amen. Oh, that was a day gone by. David said, Oh, well, I waited up on the shoulders of the priest. That was back when Moses come out. Sure, we, we'll put on a new card today. I got a revelation of it. The priest said, Amen, David. See? Influenced by their new ecumenical council that they should all be together and do this this way and that way. That's what caused the priest to stumble. They never consulted the right person. They didn't do it right. Therefore, they got in trouble. Yeah. I'm afraid of a lot of things today. When a great teacher, one of Pentecostal's greatest, stood before the religious group the other night in Chicago. I was supposed to have that meeting with the businessman. But I thought I'd be in Africa that time, but just got back the day before it started. And they chose a great Pentecostal intellectual. And he got up and told him that this ecumenical move was a thing of God. And said that all of them's coming back, even the Catholic Church is going to come back to its original condition, all speaking in tongues for the evidence, and so forth, and not knowing that's a trap of the devil. And a man that I didn't know, sometimes you plant seed. You don't know what's going to happen. But the president of the full gospel businessman, as soon as the great speaker sat down, he said, I am prone not to say things against our speakers. Well, that ain't the way Brother Bram said it would happen. <laughs> but he said that would lead to the mark of the beast. He said, but Brother Bram don't know what he's talking about. He said, we are believe he does. And in Chicago, he said, how many here would like for me to come up and give my version of it? Begin screaming and shouting. See, you're planting seeds. You don't know what's going to happen. Just keep laying out the seed. When that hour comes, some of them, like Thomas, he was about the last one to see the Lord, but he had to see him to believe him. See? Well, they see it happen. Although Thomas come in, but he was a little late. Now, when they see the things that's predicted and saying, Thus saith the Lord, happens... Then you say, give us some of your oil. But now, notice, influence. Sometimes great guys get together. You hear them say, great so-and-so, great so-and-so. Our great don't never do that. There's no great ones among us. There's only one great one, and that's God. We are brothers, sisters. I don't care if your pastor or church got five people in it. That don't make you little. That makes you a brother. 
see, if you're true to God's Word. I don't care what, how. You don't get little. God don't have little children and big children. He just has children. And they're all the same. Notice, God Himself come from the ivory palaces of glory to become one of us. Now, who's the big one? Took, not come down here and take the form of a priest, but a servant. Wash the very clay that He created, the feet of His apostles and others. Now, who's great? But He influenced these men were. They didn't understand. They thought something new was going to happen. No, something that God didn't say was going to happen. They went at it the wrong way. That's what all this enthusiasm, when the started back out a long time ago, each denomination had to have a divine healer. Each denomination had to have this out of the other. Each denomination had to have a little David. Each one had to have this out of the other. See what happened? It done the same thing it did here. Same thing. Influence. The word for the season, the time that they were living in, was ignored. Notice, the Levi's shoulders was the original provided way of God to do these things. Pack that ark on the Levite's shoulders. Anything outside of that was contrary. What he said, that's what he meant. God cannot change. That's the reason to stay with his word. I've got First uh, Chronicles 15, 15, if you want to put that down. Notice. Now notice. There in... Following God, now I want you to, to kind of jot this in your mind, to keep God's commandments, to do anything right for God, to go, do God a service correctly, there is five must. To do God's service correctly. Now David is doing God a service. He's doing everything he knows to do, except leaving off God. See, he was doing something that's right, something good for the people. Something good for the church. But these five must, I want you to remember these. No matter how sincere a man may be in doing it, doing God a service, this, these five must be there. First, it must be his time to do it. What if, uh, if uh, Moses had come and said, we'll build an ark and float up the Nile? <laughs> Like Noah did. Noah's time was all right for an ark, but not his time. What if Jesus had come and said, Now I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just go up on the mountain like Moses did and get a new declaration of laws. See? Uh-uh. He was that law. See? It must be in his time. It must be in his season. You got that now? It must be in his time. It must be in his season, time and season. And it must be according to his word that has been spoken. It must, I don't care how well you say this ought to be or that ought to be or this ought to be. It's got to be according to his word, according to his time and his season. And it must be given according to to the person he has chosen to do it by. I don't care how much dignitaries there's King David as great as any of them. He's king over the nation. But he had a way of doing it. 
And he had told them how he would do it. But they failed to do it. It must be according to his word, according to his time, according to the, his program. And it must be by the person he has chose to give it and to do it. Moses tried to run from it. Take somebody else. But God chose Moses to do it. Many of them. Paul tried to get out of it. Many others. But it's got to be by the one he chooses to do it. And it must come first to his prophets. The word of God must come to his prophets. Amos 3, 7. The Lord God will do nothing until first he reveals it to his servant, the prophet. Four. And the prophet must be vindicated by the word of God. There's your five must. It's got to be that way. His time, his season, when he said it would be, and the man that he chose, and it must come to the prophet, and the prophet must be a vindicated prophet. We find out many of them in the Bible, they come to their prophets, and it wasn't vindicated. Our prophet is Jesus Christ. So now notice. See, God had not revealed a thing to them by his provided way of doing it. They had accepted David's way. They had accepted the priest's way. They had accepted the scribe's way, the theologians, but not God's way. Nathaniel, was, he was a prophet of that day. Later on, Nathaniel told him how to do it. But see, they'd done it without consulting Nathaniel. Not a word says that Nathaniel was consulted. All the influence, the great thing going on in my... I think of that song. Let... Keep, help me, Lord, when hearts are aflame. Let me humble my pride to go with the rest of this call on your name. Teach me not to rely on what others do. Just wait in prayer for an answer from you. That's the way it is. Let me see it happen in the right way. Then it's believed. Now, God revealed the thing to them by David and by the ministers. And by the people, and by the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, but not by Nathaniel, who had thus saith the Lord, and the Lord said he would do nothing until he showed that prophet of the age first what to do. Amen. See what they did? They went straight out of the Word of God. Went and put the ark upon a new cart. See? So they went about to do it apart from God's commandment, in God's provided way. That's what's happened today, friends. That's why we've had so many great crusades and so forth and no results. More infidelity, more sin, more... I tell you, this nation is gone. Not only this nation, but other nations. This nation, like England of another age, has been the prostitute of all the rest of the nations. Way down in Mozambique, 480 miles from civilization in the jungle. Beatneck kids. Listen to Elvis Presley jerking her head and bouncing up and down like that. All night long with stay a little sets like that would pull for a thousand miles come over to Rhodesia to get Elvis Presley. And yet they say, he's very religious. 
him and Pat Boone and them. Why, it's the Judas of the hour. And don't know it. That's the bad part. They believe they're, they're right. Didn't Jesus say to this lady of seeing church age, Thou art naked, miserable, wretched, blind, and don't know it? Don't know it. Well, the Pentecostal kids down in Africa around say, Well, Elvis Presley, he sings the prettiest you ever heard. No doubt but what David did too. No doubt what the singers did. But it caused death to strike the camp. Amen. See where, where we're at today, friends? The Levite's shoulders was God's original way to do it. And they had put it on a new cart. Now, it'll never work. They didn't consult the right way. See? So they got out about it and went about it in the wrong way. And that's what's happened today. When man, no matter how sincere, try to do him a service outside of his provided way of revealing it, they always mess it up. God sets it in his way. Man, no matter how sincere you try to do it outside of that, you'll mess it up. Something like Balaam was. In Balaam's day, God told Balaam, that prophet, he was a prophet, the prophet Balaam. He was a prophet. And the word come to him exactly said, don't go down there. That's my selected. That's my choice. And Balaam got with the dignitaries, the military man, preachers, influenced man, and said, well, I'll tell you, the king will. See, just pattern with David, pattern with today. Just take everything in a type and you'll see it. you see it, say amen. amen. See, see. Just like it is now. But uh, the clergyman said, the, 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 the priest said, the scribe said, the theologian said, this is the way it's supposed to be done. But it wasn't. Amen. And it proved it wasn't. And God told Balaam that he was a prophet first. He told him, don't go down. But the influence of these other men caused him to do it contrary to what God said to it, and it become a curse. Instead of revival, oh, sure. He got down there and talked to people and said, Now, wait, you know what? said, we are, we are Moabites. You remember, Lot's daughter is our queen. She is our origination. We're all of one blood. We're all, all of us denominations are the same. Don't you mix with that thing. <laughs> Stay away from there. See? So he said, we're all the same. Why, your people's like my people. We can intermarry one one another. We can have a real ecumenical council, see? All of us can get together and come back to the original thing again. God cursed the thing. That sin never was forgiven Israel. It stayed with them the rest of their days. It never was forgiven. They perished in the wilderness with it. That's right. Because they didn't take God's provided way by is a vindicated way of doing it. Notice, this thing that they did caused Israel to die the death in the wilderness, and Jesus said there, everyone perished and gone. Watch who it was stood with Moses back there, Joshua and Caleb in the, in the program. Notice again, here's David, what he done. And when he did, what did he do? It caused death to strike a sincere person. Now, I guess we're still hooked up. 
And I want you to hear it across the lands. This thing that David done without consulting Nathaniel and getting the word of the Lord for it, it caused death to strike sincere people. Yeah, sir. He put his hand forth, which had been living in the presence of the ark, had come out of his, his house. And the ox stumbled and the ark was fallen. They'd already done one thing wrong, two things wrong. First, they never consulted Nathaniel. The next thing they did, they went down there, but not consulting the Word of God, which the Samuel was the Word in that day. And he never consulted the Word of the Lord. Then when they did, they went contrary to the Word of God. And here, this good man that had been caretaker, he was a bishop, thought, well, here I don't want God to be let down. So he put his hand on the ark where he wasn't a Levite, and he died. Three things. Now think real hard and watch what the denominations have done today. See? They turned it down. Called it false doctrine. See? Look where they're at! They'll get their ecumenical counsel, all right. Called it mental telepathy. When God himself vindicating it to be the truth. Proving it's the truth. Oh, just a little bunch of nitwits up there that say, I don't know what they're talking about. That's right, we don't. But we just say his words, and he knows what he's talking about, see? I can't explain it. Nobody else can. But he, he, he proves it. Now notice, a many a sincere believer today that comes to Christ, wants to come with all of his heart, is killed spiritually the same way. Many sincere men go to the Catholic Church and wants to become a Christian. Go to the Methodists, the Baptists, Church of Christ, and even the Pentecostals. See? And wants to become a Christian. Put his hand on it. Jar up with them. And when David saw this thing happen, <laughs> it woke him up. Don't wake up too late out there, brother. <laughs> He's seen the death it hit. Show me the results. Why has this so-called revival getting people back in the churches done to the nation, to the to the body of believers. It's nothing but made new organizations and denominations all the way along. More members and so forth. Is the nation better? They said it's going to America. God bless America. It's, it's a nation. It's a Christian country. It's a million miles from being a Christian country. I don't even pray for it. How can I pray for it? And it won't repent or the mighty powers of God demonstrated before it denying and closing the doors to it and walking away. I committed to God. And she's going further away and now she's going to sink. Just watch what happened. Many sincere person go join an organization or a group or a cult of some sort and there they die spiritually. You can't tell them nothing. They get that stuff drilled into them. Why, these bishops said this and this said this, this said this. You show them right here in the Word of God where it's thus saith the Lord. But our pastor, I don't care what your pastor says. don't care what I say or anybody else says. If it's contrary to God's vindicated Word, the hour, the time, the message, and so forth, forget it. Stay away from it. Now, I've got to stand before every one of you in the day of judgment, and you know that. Little would I say that, knowing I'm an old man now. I don't, 
They said, I know something, but he knows. I just follow what he said. Look today at the big crusades that we've had across the land. It's proven that it's been in vain. And didn't Jesus say here now, Luke 7, 7, in vain do they worship me. In vain did David bring the ark up. In vain did they have trained them prophets. In vain did Balaam take that money. Teaching for doctrine the commandments of man. It's the commandments of God that counts. No matter how sincere, them people are really sincere. You hear that so much. They're so sincere. Well, that don't mean nothing. Jehovah Witness, Seventh-day Adventist, and all those cults. Get out here on the street and do things that one of us wouldn't do. Catholics stand on the corner and beg and so forth, those uh, orders of it like that, and worth billions times billions times billions of dollars. Still beg for it. Sincere. No doubt. Churches go and, and preach and so forth, and ministers stand in the pulpit and do everything they can to get new members into their church. But it's a new ark. There's only one ark to follow. That's the Word of God. Anything contrary to that ark, stay away from it. It's on a new cart and not on the shoulders of God. Right. Stay away from the thing. Don't have nothing to do with it. Our big crusade, billions and millions, has made confessions. And I doubt where there'd be a hundred of them, of all of it. See? Hasn't been the thing. Then look at the word promise. You'll think that that's failed, and we know it's failed. Some of our greatest of, of revivalists in that land today say that it's utterly failed. The church knows it's failed. Everybody knows it's failed. Well, why is it? Why did it fail? Is for a good purpose? It was to bring people in the presence of God. Great crusades and millions of people um, spent their money and put in great crusades and churches all went together. Great auditoriums and great things and great things taking place. Why did it fail? It's because they never know the hour they were living. No wonder Jesus stood in his heart. He wept. Tears run down his cheeks. He said, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem. How often I've hovered you as a hen would her brood. You stone every prophet I sent to you. But you would not. But now your hour's come. Can't you feel the Holy Spirit screaming out from you? Oh, United States and the world. How if I would have gathered you. But you would not. Now your hour's come. Your God of pleasure, your God of filth, your Sodom and Gomorrah God has come among even our little kids with beetle haircuts and bangs across their faces and little perverbs starting out. Our women is gone beyond redemption. Our man has become big sissies walking around little short pants on and acting like a girl with hair hanging down their necks. And We're sodomites! And the fire and the wrath of God waits for us. You know how you're killed? How you'll destroy it the way he always did. When a prostitute did anything wrong, she was stoned to death. They picked up stones to kill the woman that was a prostitute. That's how he'll kill the church. The Bible said he'll rain hailstones out of the heavens. 
They'll weigh a hundred pounds apiece and he'll stone them. Who's going to stop him? What science is going to say it can't be done? He'll do it the same as he made an ark and floated Noah to safety. He'll do it again for his church. And by his own laws and his own way, he'll stone that prostitute who's committed adultery with the kings and captains of hundreds and thousands. He'll stone her to death by his own laws that he's set in order. Who's going to tell him he can't make a hailstone? Ask someone who knows how a raindrop starts and it makes a circle and goes back through the turbo, picks up more and more and more till it gets a certain weight and then it falls down. He, God, who gravitation could not even hold him on the earth and he lifted up into heaven. God, who made gravitation, can also make a turbo big enough to swing a stone till it weigh a hundred pounds. He said he would do it and he'll do it. Who's going to tell him not to do it? He'll do it because he said he would. We're in the last days. We're standing near the judgment. Why? They're trying to eat old manna that fell back down 50 years ago. The Pentecostal church. The Holiness church is trying to over 200 years ago. The Luther's about 300 or more years ago. Many hundreds of years ago. They're trying to eat old manna. Oh, brother. That stuff is stagnated. It's contaminated. It'll, it's got, it's got, uh, I always said wiggle tails in it. Maggots. He'll kill you to eat it. Find out if David or if any of the rest of it would only consulted the bread of that hour. If the priests and prophets and preachers and theologians and schools and denominations would have only consulted the hour. But now it won't do them no good. They've done moved out. It won't help a bit. She's gone now. She crossed that line about five years ago. Between repentance, judgment, and mercy. Notice. What is then? What can be done? What is to be done? Let's consult the prophet, the Bible, or we cannot add to or take from it. If we do, God takes us from the book of life. The Bible said in Malachi 4, what would happen today? Revelations 10, how the seven seals would be opened and reveal all these mysteries that's been hid through these reformers. He said how it would be done. It's in the Bible, thus saith the Lord. God has completely, perfectly identified that and vindicated it to be truth with signs, wonders in the heavens and the skies and everything else for 33 years. You think they'll listen to it? No. They're dead. They put their hand into something that's killed the whole thing. No, it won't. It won't. No more. It was when this thing happened that David saw Oh, God, send us a David that can see where he's standing, that can look out and see God made a promise how he's going to do it today. God said it right here in his word how he'd do it. God told Micah, Micah examined his vision before 400 dignified prophets. He examined his vision to see if it was right. He looked back at what the prophet said before him to see what happened. He looked back and he saw that Elijah standing there. Said they have the dogs to lick your blood too. 
Now, he's seen then that that vision was just exactly according to the Word of God. So he pronounced it, and he was right. Right? No matter what the rest of them said, he stayed right with that Word. Now, let's look at the vision we have today. Is it building churches? Is it new things? Is it great things that's going to happen? Or is it judgment? Look back and see the promise of today. See what season we're living in. You say, well, bless God, brother, I'm sincere. I joined church. I got my bachelor's art. I did it. That's all right. That's fine. Nothing against it. So had David. So had the priests of that day. So had the theologians. But it was contrary to the Word. God said how we do it today. How he would restore all things. What he would do again. He promised to restore. That's exactly right in Joel 2.28. He promised he would restore. I will restore, saith the Lord, all the years that the canker worms eat. They got to do See? That's the same worm. It's in a different stage of life. And when Catholicism started eating, then Luther and Methodists and Pentecostals and all down, he said, I will restore everything back to a church exactly like that was at the first place. What's the vision the other night? Exactly the same bride come this side, come this side. After that, prostitutes passed with their gowns on their no things up this way and dancing by rock and roll and calling themselves a church. You say, well, we don't do that. That's the way God sees you. Amen. And what you see your own self is the way God sees you. No man sees himself wrong. When you look in the mirror of God's Word, it tells you whether you're wrong or not. If David would have done that, he'd seen his wrong. If Ahab would have done that, or them prophets would have done that, they'd seen themselves wrong. A vindicated prophet said, Ahab will die, and the dogs will lick his blood. And his prophecy was exactly with it. Then he knew he was right. Even Jehoshaphat should have seen that. And noted, when Micah saw the vision, he wasn't much other with the people in them days, but he had, thus saith the Lord. Amen. He was right. Notice, we're bringing this thing now in this day when we see the great hour that we're coming. Notice what David is trying to do too. I had a little note here on that. He was trying to bring the ark to the city of David, his own denomination. Look back kind of when the Lord first spoke down here on the river. As John the Baptist is sent to forerun the first coming. Brother, the assemblies couldn't stand for that. Neither did the united, all of them. They had to have one somewhere. Uh, they all had to do it, see? Just exactly. All of them had to bring it to their own house. Wanted to bring it to the city of David... Why? There was no place ready for it. And that's the reason you can't bring the message to a denomination. The Word, the Ark, Christ, the same yesterday and forever. And all his identification, you can't bring it to your organization. You'll never believe it. Because there's no room for it. Don't the Bible say he was outside the church of the latest and age trying to get in? There was no place in the city of David, no matter how loyal it was and how great it was and, and so forth. It still wasn't a place. It was going to be at Jerusalem. That's where it went later when the prophet told him what to do with it. See? So David had to bring it to his own city. No place ready for it. Christ is our heart. And they won't receive it. Christ is the Word. They won't receive it. They want their creed, their denomination, a new ark or, or a new carrier. They want the denomination to carry it. A new ark. <laughs> Remember, Christ, our ark. You believe Christ is the Word? Amen. That's the ark, then. Is that right? Amen. 
All right. Christ cannot be carried to his correct position by any denominational card. <laughs> he deals with one person and not with a group. He never did deal with a group, one person. When he said he thought, if he did, he'd contrary to his word, Amos 3.7. You can't make it lie. No, sir. It's, it's true. But, see, they try. The ark cannot be carried by an organization. There's too many heads in it. See, it cannot be done. He promised he'd not do it, and he won't do it. He, he said when he, promi- when he promised to do it some other way, that's the reason he promised he wouldn't do it. Don't think them thoughts. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> so he, um, he promised he would do it a certain way, and anything contrary to that, he won't do it. See? But by his original way, according to what he said in Amos 3, 7, that's the way he'll do it. And that must be a vindicated and proved to be right. Now, you know what he promised today? Then he's doing it today. That's just what he said he'd do. He'd open those seven seals and what all he'd do, reveal the mysteries back there, how these baptisms and all things have been all messed up. And here it is in his very presence. Science proves it. The heavens has declared it. Man's standing looking right at it and seeing it happen. Not one thing has he said but what he made true. There you are. Just so that you would see where we're at today. How? Any man that has his spirit knows it, has God's spirit upon him, knows this is the truth. Because God's spirit won't speak contrary to the word. No, no, he'll be right with the word. You say, I got the Holy Ghost. I shouted. I spoke in tongues. I danced in the spirit. That don't mean one thing to God. See? David did the same, practically the same thing back there. They sang with all of his might and he shouted with all of his might. All the rest of them did. And they're walking right into death. That's right. So that don't have anything to do with it. It's the word that counts. The word of the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Yes, sir. See, they that have God's Spirit in them look at the promise for their day and watch and wait until they see it. Then they say, that's it. God reveals it to them. Like Nathaniel. Philip went and found Nathaniel. Nathaniel said, now, wait a minute. I know that's promised, but let me see it. And when he saw it, he said, that's it. The woman said, now, I know. I've heard all kinds of theologians. I've done this and that. And I've read the Bible myself. And I know that we're, there's a Messiah coming that will do these things. So you must be his prophet. He said, I'm he. She said, come on. See a man. This is it. She waited until she seen that Messiah identified by the Word of God. Then she said, that's what we've waited on 400 years. We haven't had a prophet or nothing. Here he is. And he himself says that he is he. Now, go out and see a man who told me the things I've done. But the priest wanted to kill him, and he finally done it. But they can't kill his spirit today. That's right. No, they can't kill him. It was here to bring us in. So we're thankful. Notice how great God is, how great his works are, how it can never fail. Now, God has a provided and original way to do things, and he'll never do it contrary to that. Now, he promised in the last days that what he would do, and it sent him a message, and this message would have the same identification as Elijah had, as Elisha had, as John the Baptist had. And it would turn the hearts of the people, not to the denomination, but back to the original apostolic fathers. Back to the Word. How these things have been vindicated. How that in the sounding of the last angel, 
Revelation 10, in the days of the seventh angel, these mysteries, it's all been, why did the message to us, the Baptist, the Church of Christ, and the Jehovah Witness, all do that? Then mysteries will be revealed in the last days. When the seven angels, seventh angel's message, when he, not when he starts out doing this, but when he begins to sound his message, okay? not the years in preparation, but the, when he begins to sound the message, these mysteries then will be revealed. And here they are not knowing them. And you people are witness to that. And then in that great observatory, so that the world will be without, they're still wondering what happened. In Tucson, that big observatory stuck the picture of it up there, still wondering what happened. What is it? They're still putting the paper. Does anybody know anything about what, how it could have happened? There's no fog up there. There's no air. There's no moisture. 30 miles high in the air. Oh, there shall be signs in the heaven above. And when these things take place, earthquakes in diverse places, then shall appear the sign in the heavens of the Son of Man. That day in Luke, the Son of Man will reveal himself again. Being revealed himself in the world will look like Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, my brethren. Don't be ignorant of spiritual things. See. Search the Scripture. For in them you think eternal, you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of the Word. They are they that testify of the truth, the things that God is doing in this hour. And now what? They that have the Spirit of God wait for these things. And when they see those things, they believe those things. Jesus said, No man can come to me except my Father draws him. And all that the Father has given me, He is the Word, they will come to me. They will come to me. I've been pretty rough this morning. See? They wait on the Lord, waiting. And when they do, and they see that promise of the day being vindicated, it renews their faith in His Word. Because He promised to do it, and here He is doing it. Then there's no doubt. God speaks. His Word first speaks. And then the Spirit that's bringing it does the thing that the Word said it would do. Oh, we have lots of impersonations. We'll still have a lot of them. Man of sincere heart trying to do things this way and that way. But watch what happens. People put their hands and then they die. So you know, no man's scheme of denominational ever works. Making members for their own self-made denominational arcs. God never did have a denomination. He never will have a denomination. And it's a man-made thing. And I wonder today if all of our drawing in and great crusades and revivals, we had been filling up the Methodist ark, the Baptist ark, the Presbyterian ark. What about the ark of Christ, the Word? And if the bride is to be the Word, then she's got to be of Christ, part of the bridegroom. She's got to be the Word. The Word not for His day, the Word of this day that He promised to be this day, that He sent His Word forth to mold His bride and make her. Hope we see it. Don't get some idea of your own now. And don't take somebody else's idea. Take the vindicated Word here. The Bible. It says, God has promised in His Word how He would choose His bride in this last day. Do you know that? He promised it. How He would do it. And that by his original plan of choosing Christ, of choosing the times, choosing the seasons, 
how he can't miss it on his bride because she's part of that word. He can't choose it by denomination when he didn't choose Christ by denomination. Did Christ come to a denomination? Did he come by a denomination? No. They rejected him. Well, that's what the denomination done then. Then when he chooses the bride, can he come any other way? How did he bring Christ here? By the word of the prophets. Is that right? How will he bring his bride here? By the word of the prophets. How did he identify him when he come? By a man with the spirit of Elijah upon him. Come out of the wilderness. How would he identify his bride? He promised in Malachi 4 the same thing before he destroyed the earth. Like it was in the days of Sodom. Remember, Sodom burned. Is that right? Well, this world is to burn. Jesus said so. And it be the time that like Luke, the 17th chapter of the 31st, said in the days it would be like Sodom and Gomorrah, then the Son of Man would be revealed. And then what would happen? According to Malachi, he will burn the earth again. And the righteous in the millennium will walk out upon the ashes of the wicked. Is that right? So we're right at the end time. We're sitting here at the door now waiting for him to come. Notice. God promised in His Word that He would choose His bride by His original way He chose this, the bridegroom. He foretold it by the prophets and sent a prophet to identify it. The prophet said, sitting on the banks of Jordan, Behold! They said, You're the Messiah, aren't you? He said, No, I'm not the Messiah. You must be the Messiah. But I'm not Him. But He's standing among you. Amen. And His shoes, I'm not worthy to loosen. When he comes, makes himself known, and today he's standing among us in the person of the Holy Ghost, manifesting himself more and more, coming into his church, making himself known because him and the bride and the groom will be the same. Making himself known, and one day you'll see that the one that you feel in your heart and see his identification will become personalized before you. Then you and he are one. If united by the Word, and the Word is in the beginning, it will go back to the beginning, which is God. And that day you'll know that I'm in the Father, Father, me, I, and you, and you, and me. Hallelujah. We're here. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to see Him crucifying Himself right among us and see what He promised for the Word. Not what somebody's emotions singing and jumping and dancing, but by His Word. Amen. He's making Himself known. Look, when they brought, they built the temple, they brought the ark into it, God went in there with a pillar of fire. Amen. It was David jumping and screaming. It was all the singers and the priests that carrying on when there's out of the will of God, but when God identified the ark and his place and position, before they could get the ark in there, here comes the pillar of fire leading the way. Right down over the cherubim's wings and right in behind the holiest of holies resting place, the pillar of fire. And the glory of God was in there to the people. They couldn't even see how to minister. Amen. 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 He'll close the eyes of every theologian when he comes for his bride. She'll be taken up in, a, in the middle of the night as it was to them. They won't even see her go. <laughs> oh, praise be to God. Notice, God promised that he would bring his bride out what he would do, there would be a seed, there would be a light in the evening time, how he would do all these things, just exactly, and by the way that he original planned it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it isn't through denomination. It isn't through our system we're using today. We're just causing death. Let people to put their hands with it and die from it, see? The Word. 
The evening message must carry evening results. The evening message must sow evening seeds, not morning seeds. Evening seeds. Is that right? The midday seeds, seeds back there was denomination. They died, perished. But evening time message will show evening time light, will show evening time results. The evening time message, Jesus time midday message showed midday results. The beginning message showed the beginning results. Made creation. He made his son in his own image. In the midday, in the evening time, he makes a bride for it. See? What by? His word. How did he form the earth? How did he speak it into existence? By his word. Who was his son? The word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was made flesh and willing. How would he take his bride? By the word. Not by a new cart. Not by some theologian's idea, but according to his word, he'll identify her. Don't put one thing to it or take one thing from it now. Leave it the way it is, see? The evening time. He promised he'd reveal, open those seven seals and show what them churches had missed back there. Revelation 10 and Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30. He said he would do it. Well, let's not mix it up. Let's keep it right like that. Let me, for closing, is about 3 or 15 minutes since or 12. Let me close in saying this. Friends, Listen, in the name of the Lord Jesus, these things are too plain for you not to believe it. It's too plain for you not to see it. Surely you can see that. Surely the world could see it. But just you're, uh, don't be influenced by these new dangles and things they got today. I don't care how good a man they are, how sincere they are. If they don't speak according to the law and the prophets, the Bible said there's no life in it. David thought he was right. He was sincere. That priest thought they were right. They were sincere. But they just failed to consult the Lord about it. And how could they have done it? Maybe they said, we prayed through, but that wasn't God's way of doing it. He promised that he would do nothing until first he revealed it to his servants, the prophets. And there stood Nathaniel right among them and never consulted him at all. Now, read the next few chapters of Chronicles there and you'll find out when David sat in the house and said, Is it right Nathaniel was sitting with him that I should have lived in the cedar and the ark of God under the tents out here? And Nathaniel found from the Lord what to tell him to do. And he had done done wrong. So God said, Tell my servant David, I love him. I made him a name, my great man in the earth, but I can't let him do it. See? He's done failed me. See? I can't let him do it. I'll bring a man along. His son shall raise the everlasting house of God. And that was David, of course, which Solomon typed it, but then he failed. Every man's got to fail. Every human being's got to fail. God is the only one that can't fail. He can't fail. That's one thing God cannot do is fail. And God is the Word. And the Word, no matter how it looks like it's going to come this other way, it'll come just exactly the way the Word said. Now remember, you've got to follow the season, the time, and what season you're in, what time, and make that as indicated to see that it's exactly the truth. Now take all these musts, all the word, all the types and the things, and look where you're setting. Think of the hour we're living in. Look yonder that nearly one-tenth of the earth is ready to fall in. Science says that. They're looking on the clock. A few years ago it said it's only three minutes now to midnight. 
Might be a minute. Might be half a minute now. They said it won't happen in our generation. It could happen in five minutes. And notice the next thing he said, five years. I never said that. Now he said that. The scientists. They're swarming away from California like flies. See? Well, the day that Lot went out of Sodom, the same day it rained fire down upon the earth. One of these days, God's going to take our message and we're going to leave here. Something's going to happen, sure enough, then, when the church is gone. His body, His bride. Now, I want to read you a scripture. I want you to read it with me. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 4 in closing. I think enough probably has been said that you'll understand. Deuteronomy 4. I'm going to read two places in here. And to this church and to the tapes, people on tapes and people on the hookups across other parts of the nation, I want you to listen to this real close and don't you fail. This is a thing that I... Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Now we'll get the first verse. I'm going to read the first verse and then we'll read the 25th and the 26th verse. You can read it all when you get home. But just save time so we can get out on time. Because we've got to come back again tonight. The Lord willing. Listen to this prophet speak. He had been in the presence of God. He knew what he was talking about. Listen. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and to the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. That types our millennium. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish out of it. Don't add one thing to it and don't take one thing away from it. Stay, just say what it says. That ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did to Baal Peor for all the man that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God has destroyed them from among you. Now, you're a separated people out of them denominations. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God, ye are alive, every one of you, this day. You never died with your denomination. You're alive now and in the presence of God. Close. Don't miss it. 25th verse. Uh, when you're going into land, now watch what happens. And when thou shalt beget children and children's children, and you have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, that's what happens, and make graven images, something else, on the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger, Listen! I call heavens and earth to witness against you this day. See? That you shall soon utterly perish from off the land or the place where you go over Jordan to possess it. 
Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but ye shall utterly be destroyed. This was Moses speaking to Israel after he had been vindicated by God by a pillar of fire and know he was proven to be God's servant to lead them out. And before they went into the land, before they entered, Moses said, Now the words that I have spoken to you, I call heaven and earth to witness against you. If you add one thing to it or take one word from it, you'll not stay in the land where the Lord God gives you. So say I in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you add one thing. Don't take put your own ideas in it. You just say what is said on those tapes. You just do exactly what the Lord God has commanded to do. Don't add to it. He has ever, keeps His promise to us, every promise that He has made, He's kept it. Has He told you what would happen? And did it happen? I bring heavens and earth before you today in a challenge. Has God ever said anything that He has not fulfilled and done exactly what He said He would do for us? Has He done it just the way He said He would do it? That's exactly so will He continue to do it. Just don't add to it. Don't take from it. Just believe it and walk humble before the Lord your God. For we're nearing the going into the land. Then you won't return. You won't return to this type of a life again. You'll return as an immortal being. You'll turn when sin is done away with. When Satan is bound. And for a thousand years you'll live upon this earth that the Lord thy God has given thee. For the meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed is he that doeth all of his commandments that he might have the right to enter into the city. For without are sorcerers, liars, whoremongers, and dogs. They shall not enter therein. But they're only for the redeemed into those who walk in his commandments. Don't take some new thing. They're flying everywhere and there'll be more than that come. But don't take these new things. The Lord your God has declared to you what is truth. The Lord your God has vindicated what is truth by His Word and by His Spirit. Amen. Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit. And the Spirit, God seeks those who worship Him in the Spirit and truth. Thy Word is truth. And He's thoroughly vindicated that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's showed the evening seeds to you. He's revealed it to you in the Word. He's proven it to you by His Spirit. Don't never start or try an organization. Don't try to build up on anything else but stay humble before the Lord your God. For it looks like the gates may open into the promised land soon. Then let us go in with the true singing and rejoicing. When the bride and groom takes its place at the throne. Live humble. Live loving. Love one another. Don't never get nothing among you. If you see something coming up your heart against somebody, get it out of there right then. Don't let... And Satan will do his best to get among you. See? Don't you let that happen. Some slick-tongued fellow might come along and try to take you away from it. You think they could talk Moses out of the presence of God where he stood there and seen him? No, sir. No, we don't take from it or add to it. Just keep it the way the Lord said. We don't want no denomination. We don't want no organizations. We don't want no malice. We don't want no strife. We want God. 
and He is the Word. Yeah. Now let's bow our heads. Oh God, I look around with spiritual eyes. I try to see what's taking place. I see Your Word, the way it's been vindicated, the way it's been proven. All the way from 33 years ago down here on the river. What you said. And here it is 33 years later. And you are doing just what you said. And you've done just what you said. Lord, far be it from us trying to make it any littler or try to make it any bigger. Just keep it the way you've made it. Just walk humble and follow you. These are they, Lord, that you have given to the ministry besides all those who sleep across the nation, around the world. The cemetery here holds many of those waiting, blessed saints. But as, as it said, we which are alive and remain shall not hinder those that are asleep. The trumpet will sound, the dead shall rise first, and we we'll be caught up with them. When the glory of God will be up on earth, It'll hide the church away from the world. It won't even see it when it goes. Father God, keep these in your hands. They're yours. I pray, God, that we'll always walk humble before you. We don't know how long. We don't desire to know how long. It's not our business. That's your business. It's not our wills to know when you will come. It's our will, Lord, to keep humble till you do come and walk with you. It's our desire for you to just let yourself be known once in a while, Father, among us, that we can see that we're still walking with you. Forgive us of our past sins. Guide us and protect us from every snare of the devil for the future. Lead us and guide us, O God, our Father. Forgive our sins and help us to be your children. We're a poor class of people. We're an outcast by the societies of this world, by the denominations of the churches. We see the end. We thank Thee for spiritual eyesight into Thy Word to see the end time, for all these things must come to that great stoning from heaven. Help us, Lord, not to be here that day, but to be gone into Your presence. Fly away into Your bosom. Heal the sick and afflicted, Lord. We pray that tonight you'll give us such a great service. May there not be a feeble person in our midst. Because of your presence, Lord, may our hearts continually be set on thee. And we know, Lord, that money, property, things of the world have no meanings, just so temporal. All of them must go. Our jobs, our places, our friends, everything must go. No matter how rich, how poor, how popular or unpopular we are, it all must go. But there's only one thing that our being here is centered around, and that's Jesus Christ. So God let us lay aside everything is secondarily and hold to Him. And He is the Word. Grant it, Lord. The vindicated Word of the hour. The vindicated Word of the days of Moses was Jesus. The vindicated Word of the day of Isaiah, Elijah, John, all was Jesus. And the vindicated word today is Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Help us, Lord, to believe that, see that, and walk in it. We, we ask in Jesus' name, with our heads bowed. I wonder if there's some in here.
that has never truly made that one great all-sufficient, you believe it. But just to believe it's not enough. I believe that my wife was a good girl. I know her father, her mother. I know her for years and years. She walked a straight life. I believe she was a good woman. But that didn't make her mine. She'll become mine until she, I accepted her, she accepted me. Now, Jesus wants to accept you. Won't you accept him and become part of his word? If you haven't done that, with your heads bowed and your hearts bowed, I trust, there's no room for an altar call here. I'm not too much on them anyhow. I believe God visits you right where you are. Would you raise your hand and say, Brother Bram, remember me in prayer. I want to do that. God bless you. I, God bless you. My hand's everywhere. I want to be like that. God bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. All of you around. I want to be that. God bless you. I truly want to be that. I, I see. Well, look, friend. They may be a little something. If you're not that, then there's something you've centered around besides that. You're close to it. You're looking at it. You see it. You've seen it for years moving up. You see it coming matured now. If that means everything to us and nothing else is going to last but that, why not just turn your head from that thing you've been looking at and center yourself on Him, which is center of all life, all hereafter, is Him. Won't you do it while we pray together? Dear God, as hands of man, women, boys, girls, even ministers, got their hands up. They, they wanted to, to say that they wanted to become centered right around the Lord Jesus. And yet it looks like they can't do it. If something pulls them this way, that way, it might be a denomination. It might be a person. It might be a sin. It might be something they're hiding in their heart. I don't know, Lord. Thou knowest. Whatever it is, may just now, Lord, while on others are calling, you've done called them, they're yours. While you call them, may they turn loose of that, that besetting sin. As the Bible said, turn away from that sin that's easy beset us, that we might run with patience the race that's set before us. Looking to what? To our job, to our denomination, to our affiliation, to the councils, to Christ, the author and finisher of the faith that we have in Him. Do that, Father, for us today. For we ask it in His name and for His glory. Now they're yours, Lord. Do with them as you see fit. Do with us as you see fit. We're yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I love Have you forgotten about dinner? 
Have you forgotten where the kids are all right out in the car or not? Have you forgotten all about the past and realize what that is you're feeling right now? It's materializing before you day by day. Let that be the center of whatever. Let the rest of things go away. They're going to perish anyhow. Oh, just keep following after him. As Elisha followed Elijah, let's follow him. Or we must be taken up too someday. We've seen the chariot of fire that lifted him out of the grave. We feel it among us now. Someday he's going to unhook the horses from the bushes. We're going up. Don't you love him? And purchase my salvation on Calvary. Oh, can't you just almost just close your eyes and see him hanging under? I Who else could I love? I love him because he loved me and first just my time when I return home, somebody's gone. I'll be gone a few months, come back, somebody's gone. I get sad every time I come. The other day, a boy I went to school with, coming down the street, he said, hello, Billy. I looked at him. He used to be a handsome little fellow, real black, shiny hair combed back. Now it's as white as snow. He used to be so straight, tummy way out like this. I said, hello, Jim. I looked at him. I felt my heart. I thought, God, that boy and I, that man and I are the same age. Then I know my days are numbered. I know it can't be too much longer. I look around and think, what can I do, Lord? Help me. I don't want to go ahead of you. I want to stay right, right behind you. You lead the way. I look, think, 56 years old. Oh, my. Can't be much longer. And I look down and see my good friend Bill Dow sitting there, 72 or 73 years old. And I look around and I see these kids. They think, well, I'll wait till I get as old as Brother Bram. I think that, honey, you may never see that. I doubt very much you've seen it. See? But just think, if Brother Bill Dow lives to this day, he'll outlive hundreds of 15, 16-year-old people. They're dying every hour. So what difference does it make what age you are? What are you doing about the hour you're living in? What are you doing for Jesus at this time? Hmm? Oh, I want to see him. I want to see the hour. I look and see all these old bodies transformed. See him change in a moment, in a twinkle. If that isn't so, then we're most foolish people. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. See? You're just like an animal. You die and go to the dirt, and that's all. But there's a mortal, immortal soul living in you, brother. We done heard from heaven. We done see it proven. We know that he is and a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, members of the body of Christ, while we sing that again, I want you to sit in your seats and shake one another's hands while we sing that again. Ah.
Just greet your brother or sister. Richard. Just my salvation on Do you love him? Say amen. Do you love his word? Say amen. You love his call? Say amen. Do you love his body? Say amen. Then you love one another. Amen. That's right. This will all men know you're my disciples when you have love one for the other. I've laid my hands on these handkerchiefs if you have to get them before night. I'm going to have Brother Richard Blair. God answered his prayer. Him and the brother here praying the other day for to bring back this little boy that's among us today that's a living because of their faith in God. Now, I'm going to have him to dismiss us in a word of prayer just in a few moments so we can come back again tonight just about five minutes at 12 of that clock. And... Um, uh, won't you come back tonight if you can if you're around if you have to go home may God speed you on your road and help you and protect you and if you can stay and want to stay you're welcome to stay God be with you now till we till we let's raise your hands to at of God, prayerfully, humbly, trusting we'll meet again tonight. If we don't, God be with you till we meet again. Let's bow our heads now. Brother Blair.